Welcome to the Project Rook Podcast, your holistic pursuit of health and wellness. What's up, good people? Welcome to episode 25 of the Project Rook Podcast, your holistic pursuit of health and wellness. So I've been thinking about maybe I'm going to change the tagline. I mean, you know, that sounds all cute and politically correct. Holistic pursuit of health and wellness. But I'm thinking more of your common sense voice to help you get your shit together. What you think? No? Okay. That's fine. I'm just saying that's, that's, that's what I'm thinking. Because... Everything that I see has me coming back to that. Like, ooh, we overthinking it. We overthinking it. We we we're, we're going too deep, and still hitting shallow waters. But but it ain't that deep. Like it's just some things are just common sense. So I had my topic all laid out for today, which I I still think I'm as I'm as I was sitting here thinking I may be able to spin it. I saw something earlier. That treat my my interests, um, but I think I can spin it into one because I wanted to talk about how and you know people are beginning to become shocked that they are finding themselves diseased or 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 experiencing some sort of illness, and I'm never shocked. Because sickness and disease comes down to one thing, I believe. And that's a lack of release. What does that mean? So illness and disease comes through two channels. One, a lack of release physically. And then two... A lack of release mentally. We know physically, I think. I think we do. Most of us are not releasing the way we should. So if you're eating crap, and on top of eating crap, you're not moving that crap out of your system on a consistent basis, common sense has to say, that crap sitting in there marinating is going to cause some problems. So most people are constipated. When we say constipated, you think, oh, that means sitting on the toilet and you're straining and you feel the urge, but you can't get it out. But no, if you are eating three, four, five, six times a day, and a lot of people are because we've bought into this idea that your body is so stupid that you have to eat every two hours or your body won't know how to, you know, properly function. Your metabolism won't know how to do its job because your body is so stupid. I don't know what your body did before, you know, you came into this great knowledge. But anyway, most of us are doing that, right? But you're not, you're barely having one bowel movement. That's constipation. It is no way that you should be able to eat Three, four, five, six times a day. And and think about what you're eating now. 
and where this stuff is going, where do you think it's sitting? What, what do you think it's staying? It's sitting somewhere inside of you. So if you're not moving it out, just the same as you're moving it in, the digesting process could be anywhere between 12 to 16 hours, right? And that, and that really differs by person because, you know, some people are able to, and, and this may be more of those who are on raw food and, you know, vegan plant-based type diets, they may be able to move what they eat in the morning by nighttime. But if you are eating and mostly junk that we would, a lot of people, maybe junk food, it may be um, starchy food, it may be fast food, it may be a lot of meats. Let me say this about the meat thing, because I really don't care if you eat meat. I don't eat meat for a number of reasons, and I'll, I'll never go back. I that's my thought right now. I could never see myself touching another piece. But this really ain't about right or wrong. We, we want to throw morality in. Is it right or wrong? There, there, there is an aspect of that that I take into account. That's just my personal thing of how I believe we're all connected. How I personally no longer want to take in death. That's me, right? But forget all of that. Let's just look at meat as what it is and what is happening to meat. See, you you don't have to get deep and all spiritual and, and, and you know, like I said, and, and moral with it. No. And ethical and what we're doing to the animals. And, and that, again, it has a role depending, but that varies by person. I'm not here to try to, I just think people get off base. I hate extremism. I don't care what it is. People leave one extreme to go to another. And then, you know, you want to, I, I watch people on social media, you, you get your pitchforks out and you want to, oh, you people are doing this and you know, you shouldn't do X, Y, Z. And again, whatever. I, I don't see how you effectively reach people or get your message across that way. But, and that's the route you're choosing. Good luck. I'm just asking you to look at what's happening to meat. It ain't about whether eating meat is right or wrong. It's not about whether our bodies were designed to digest meat, which I don't think it was. But that, what are they doing to this meat? What are they pumping this meat with? Meat is being mass produced. This is not your granddaddy's meat, right? This is not your grand your grandma's farm where you raised chickens and cows and you slaughtered it yourself. You fed it. You knew what those animals were eating. You have no idea what they're feeding these animals. You wouldn't even believe that they have... Okay, the name of the game is Waste Nothing. That's the name of the corporate game across the board. Waste Nothing, all right? So when it comes to the feed that they're feeding these animals, they will even grind up dead carcasses and put it in the feed. Feces, whatever that we have, we, we will use that. So this is what these animals are eating. In order to get their bodies plumped up for sale, all right, we don't have time for them to take 18 months to get to the size. We got to move these numbers. 
So we're then going to pump them and inject them with all sorts of hormones. Well, these animals then are together. They're not out grazing. They don't have room. So they, they're, they're stomping each other. They're in close quarters. There's no moving room. Illness then ensues. So then on top of that, to rid them of illness, we got to pump them with a bunch of antibiotics. All of this, right? We then slaughter them. <laughs> Injecting inject the meat with another solution because we need the meat to look pretty, right? If you knew that the meat was naturally brown, you're not going to buy it. So what you think is blood, it's not really blood. And that's what we got to inject to make it look pretty in the grocery store. So we inject it with that. And you eat it. <laughs> you eat it. And so... Again, take it for what it's worth. I'm not here to argue. You do what's best for you. But common sense has to say, whatever it is that these animals are eating and whatever is going into their bodies, they are ingesting. It is in their flesh. I am also eating and ingesting those same things. You can see it. Look at our, look at our young girls ministrating at eight years old you don't think all these hormones that's being pumped into these animals has just a, the least bit to do with some of that of course so again when you're talking about taking in it is very important to move and release those things out the same way you're putting it in and when that doesn't happen when that doesn't happen you begin slowly. The process is always slow. I find it interesting now that, well, it's not even now. It's what we've always done. <clears throat> Excuse me. We attribute old age to so many things. Joint pain. Um, you know, aches. Uh, um, different, you know, fatigue. And, and what we don't realize, it, it has very little to do with the age. And in well, that's partially true. The only part about the age that makes it true is that it has taken that amount of time for this stuff to catch up with you. It's not that you just naturally supposed to start falling apart. And then this is the weird part. We're moving younger and younger. Since when is 35 aging? Ooh, my knees, man. I'm getting old. Like, dude, you're 34 years old. When did that become the age... For, for aging, what in the world? Never stopping to think. I've been doing this for, to my body for 30 years. And now, day by day, month by month, year by year, it has accumulated. And I'm now beginning to see the results. I wish I could think of the, the football player they interviewed. God, I just read the article. Can't think of his name, but he became a vegan. He was a, um, a big guy, big guy. And, you know, it was, first of all, when you think of sports and you say vegan, that's like 
No, because we've been programmed to believe you got to have meat for protein and you can't be healthy and you can't, even if you are vegan, you're small and frail and so on and so forth. But anyway, he was speaking about how many ailments that he had with his body and pains and um, I believe, I don't know if he had knee surgery or some sort of um, knee, knee pain or knee injury at any rate. He decided to clean up his diet and he saw a complete 180. And when you start talking joint pain, start looking at inflammation, start looking at acid crystals forming around your joints. You know, the number one culprit dairy, I mean, an acid, you know, diet, acid field diet in general, but dairy is a big culprit of inflammation as well as allergies. Cut that out of your diet and, tr and just see if you notice the difference. Just, just try it. Try it for seven days and see if you notice a difference. 14 days, whatever. But the point is, you cannot be shocked when your body finally hits a breaking point. I think it does a hell of a job for as long as it does. I, I look at myself. And... Many of us think we're eating healthy because we're, we're listening to the experts and we think because we're eating, you know, white meat and we're having some fruits and vegetables and we're getting our, our wheat and our, and our, and our dairy because that's more protein. And then we get to the doctor and we shock because we got some type of diagnosis like, oh my God, where did I go wrong? And the wrong part, and this is what I advocate so much about detoxing it because it helps you in that process. It's assisting. Do you have to? Is it required for you to go through like a herbal detox? No, not necessarily, but it assists your body in that process. And because so many people, we are high, our bodies are highly toxic. I think we underestimate that. And so the herbs do help in that process. I mean, the easiest, most efficient way to detox is the fast. But I just wouldn't recommend that for a lot of people um, without some assistance because, you know, it can become dangerous when you fast. Depending on your level of toxicity, those things begin to release quickly in, into your body, into your bloodstream, faster than your body can process that. And so <clears throat> that you have to take precaution with. But you cannot be confused or you shouldn't be confused as to why disease and 80 percent it, it is it is said that 80 percent of your immune system is in your gut you gotta flush you gotta get your your bowels have to be moving it has to be moving you shouldn't be passing a lot of gas you shouldn't be doing a lot of burping that's your body telling you something that's your body telling you something. Whatever you're eating, it doesn't like. You're backed up. There could be some um, um, nutritional imbalances, bacteria imbalances that are going on. That, that All of these are indicators. So you shouldn't be constipated. You should be able to eat and you should flow and you should have a smooth flowing log that comes out. Shouldn't be little drops or little, you know, you got grown men and you dropping you know, little pellets the size of a dime. Like, wait a minute now. <laughs> Hold up. But that's only the first part. 
All right. So disease first, I shouldn't say first, but number one, physically coming through your body and all, you know, and when you talk about detoxing also, and Dr. Sabi would always emphasize this. And I read the book, The Mucusless Diet by, uh, what is his name? Alfred, um, let me see, can I get it right? Al, what is his name? Arnold Edwards, I believe his name, E-H-R-E-T. And that just blew the lid off so many things for me because it made so much sense and how mucus and Dr. Sebi would always speak about it, how mucus contributes to disease. So when you, when you factor in inflammation, when you factor in mucus, like all of these things play a part. And it has very little to do with you catching something because your mother had it or because, you know, someone near you had it. You have a hell of a immune system that is built and designed to fight off viruses and bacteria and those sort of things. It has more to do with the condition that your body is in. So that's part one. Part two is the mental the lack of the mental release, you cannot get away from the mental aspect. You cannot. You can eat as well as you want to eat. I think we underestimate what is happening to our bodies by way of stress. It, it, it will take a toll to your body. And the dangerous part about stress is because you can't see what it's doing on the inside. You know, for the most of the time, when you're not eating well and your body is out of whack, you, you can see, you know, you may become overweight, you may gain weight, you may have acne, you may break out, you know, you could see rashes, you know, different, there's different indicators that you can see. And I, and I would even say even you, you I, that's partially true in regard to stress, because I remember times that I did experience whether it was, you know, hair loss or rashes, and it was tied into to stress but stress can be hidden for the most part where you don't see what it's doing to your insides you don't see what it's doing to your organs how it's breaking you down internally so to have one without the other to eat well but to be stressed out to think negative to entertain negative to be worry-filled all the time you, you, you're working against yourself. You're working against yourself. I, I would argue, I would argue, and I really, really believe this. I would argue, and I've said this before. If I had to choose one or the other, if I had to choose, got to choose, eating well or thinking well, I would tell you, you would do better to think well than to eat well. If you had to choose, if you only had two options, one or two options. Because the mind, you bring on disease, you can bring on disease with just your thoughts. I'm never surprised people bring on also all types of diseases, whether it's the flu, whether it's, the, whether it's cancer, whether it's, uh, I mean, it's just amazing that, I mean, even down to depression, I see it. I, I see, 
how we are promoting certain things. I got to do a post. Oh, I can. Yeah, I got one more project due this month so I can really get back to posting on projectwork.com. But if I could just show you the history of the mental health industry and how they have taken normal emotions and feelings and made them (laughs) some sort of disorder, right? They have a new one. So they come out with, they, they have these meetings where they come out with new disorders, right? And you know what they have for those disorders? Appeal. So we create an illness and then we create an antidote for that. Genius, isn't it? They have one now where <laughs> they have really classified this as a psychological disease, a psychological disorder. If you like to stay on the computer too much, if you're on social media too much, I can't, re- I can't think of the name of it. <laughs> and they have a pill for that. And if you're not careful, the more that you read this stuff, the more that you see it promoted on the news, which is why I don't watch the news, the more that you see people talking about it, you will begin to say, well, maybe that's what I got. Hmm. So-and-so and so-and-so disorder. Maybe, 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 I, maybe I got ADHD. Maybe I'm bipolar because I had those same symptoms and they said those symptoms are tied to this. So maybe that's what I got. And I'm telling you there is such power in entertaining those thoughts. And you begin to send out that signal. That is the vibration that you put out that that's what I have. And you make it your truth. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. I say it all the time in regard to treatment. When people talk about, um, you know, healing themselves of anything, you know, whether they're suffering from some some sort of uh, could be diabetes, could be, you know, heart disease, could be just weight or cancer or whatever. See, whatever you believe, you make it true. Whatever it is. So. If you tell yourself that if you don't get chemo, you're going to die, then that you just made it your truth. And that sounds very, very elementary. Like, really? Really? No, really. <laughs> it really is the truth. Your fear of something can bring that something about. Yes, that is the law of attraction. That's the secret. You know the movie The Secret? Have you ever seen it? You should you should watch it or read the book. Now, a lot of people would dismiss it as, you know, just a bunch of hogwash. And that's fine. But what I, what I find interesting about people who dismiss things that they don't understand is they are always they always seem to be <laughs> on the other side of not getting the results that they want. See, I don't have a problem with you disagreeing. And I don't have a problem with you having your own thoughts and feelings and you know I- ideas about certain things. But at least get results from that. 
not just results, at least get the results that you want. That's the same thing I say about church. Go to church. Cool. But at least get some results from it. At least, at minimum. The problem I have is those who dismiss, easily dismiss ideas that differ from theirs aren't even getting the results from their own ideas. Like, why should I listen to you? You you the fool. You're telling me I'm an idiot for saying this and I'm telling you that I've gotten results from this. I am telling you this has shown and proven to be this. But I'm the fool. Okay. That's fine. The power of the mind. I, I can't underestimate it. You got to figure out what you can do. <sighs> to keep yourself out of a worry, feel, stressful place. I think that's what I'm going to talk about Friday. Because many of us come into the knowledge or the awakening or whatever you want to call it. And then we live fearful. And that's just ass opposite. Like you have just defeated the purpose. The purpose is not to get the information and to get the knowledge and then become fearful. Like life is not meant to be lived fearfully. That's not the purpose. You, you missed it. You cannot worry. I think the saying says, if you're going to pray, don't worry. If you're going to worry, don't pray. And we all say it, but still do it anyway. <laughs> and still do it. Because I guess it's easier said than done. That's your job to figure out. And see, it can't nobody do that for you but you. And this is, this is a problem that I have with looking outside of yourself. See, external assistance or maybe external guidance is okay only to a certain extent. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to look within because you all you got. You're the one when there's no one to call, when there's no place to go, when there's no one that you can access, you all you got. So if you have spent all of your time finding assistance and guidance from everybody else, what are you going to do when you can no longer do that? What you going to fall back on? And so many people, you can quote your little scriptures for days. You can get in the church and fall out and all those things. Hey, whatever. But when life starts to tighten up on your rear end, as my mama would say, you don't have no response. And it's so easy then to believe when life starts kicking your ass that maybe these people are right. Maybe like maybe, maybe I am just crazy and schizophrenic and depressed and, and, and bipolar and all these other things. Maybe I am. Maybe I should just take this pill. And that comes back to the self-work. Nobody's exempt. Nobody's exempt. And you ain't going to tell me that the answer to the woes of this world is appeal. 
We just need more mental health and, and, and access to mental health uh, medication or, you know, psych drugs. You don't even know what's in the drugs. You don't even know what's in the drugs. Drugs. Yeah. Okay. But those two. The lack of release. Physically and mentally is what will allow disease to sneak up on you. That's another benefit of exercise. It does. It does help you to release both ways. It's going to help you physically release toxins and things. I mean, it's not going to help your bowels to move, but it is going to help release toxins from your body. And it, it is a mental stress release reliever as well. You know, so it has, it's nothing wrong with exercising to look a certain way and that's cool. But there's many more other benefits from staying active and having a body that feels good. And a body that's fit. There's many, many other benefits outside of just beauty. But with those two components... Until we hone in on those, oh, you're going to continue to see disease. You're going to continue to see illness. And it's going to continue to rise. And you can keep giving your money <laughs> to these little cancer organizations all you want. I, I don't think there's a greater travesty. When I tell you, if that ain't the biggest host act, hoax act ever seen or one of them i shouldn't say the biggest because there are many others but taking people's hard-earned money and playing on their emotions that that's that's low down and dirty it's low down and dirty and that doesn't mean that people associated with those organizations are low down low down and dirty because it goes so much deeper than that but on a larger scale these people know they know exactly what they're doing and they've learned how to tap into people's emotions. And that when you feel a certain way about something, you'll dig in that pocket and you'll, you'll give that money up. And it doesn't even matter if there are results because it makes you feel good. It makes you feel good. I've done my part. I've done my part. It doesn't matter if, if, if it actually made any difference. It felt good. Travesty. That's what I say. Physically and mentally, release. You gotta figure out how to release. You gotta figure out how to get quiet and get still. Most people don't even know how to sit in a room in complete silence by themselves. Most people don't even know how to be by themselves. Just to go, even to eat by themselves. They don't, they don't know how to do it. And that's something you got to work towards. There's no, there's no magic formula for that. There's something you have to, to test, trial, <laughs> and test again. You do a little bit here. You do a little, and, and, and this is the, the key. Every, I think every single message that I, ever, that I ever express always comes back to self. It really does. It always comes back to you. It comes back to self-awareness and self-knowledge. You the key. You the master key. Of getting this all done. When every anyone asks me, well, how do you do that? How do you do that? 
this, how do you do this? How do you do that? And I can, I can share how I did certain things. I can give you different principles that I know have worked either for myself or for others. But ultimately, it got to come down to you. Ultimately, you have to see what works for you. You have to talk to yourself. You have to talk to your spirit. You have to allow your spirit to guide you. You have to tap in. You got to turn it on. Only you can do that. There's no escape. It really isn't. And again, assistance from others is beautiful. Guidance from others is beautiful. But ultimately, all of those things have to or should lead you right back to yourself. That's all I got, y'all. The release. The release. Keep yourself free of disease and illness by making sure mentally and physically you're releasing. Well, until next time, y'all. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Project Brooke Podcast. Remember, you are your greatest assignment. Until next time.